Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Rockman Power Hour. My name is Jason Rockman, and this is a, a weekly podcast where we... Uh, Talk to people that are interesting, whether it be a musician, whether it be an actor, whether it be someone who's into activism, whatever, as long as they're interesting. And we've had nothing but interesting people on this show so far. Uh, we wanted to give a big, big shout out to our title sponsor, Heartbeat Hot Sauce. The best hot sauce around. This is a small company out of Thunder Bay, Ontario that make small batch fermented hot sauce. And uh, the one I am holding is their collaboration with UFC legend Dustin Poirier. This is Poirier's Louisiana style hot sauce and um, you can get this through heartbeathotsauce.com. My co-host Ryan Stick. Um, I know Ryan you are a big fan of hot sauce as well. What do you got this week? Uh, well I got even though it's not on my person because I left it at my friend's place oh. because it was such a big hit. The dill pickle yeah. was was slim and we put a bunch of it on it and everyone loved everything. But I was amazed. My best friend Jason Boudreaux, he he really went to town on this on this dill pickle. And it's funny because dill pickle to me, when I hear dill pickle, I'm like, I won't even eat that kind of chips. Yeah. But in hot sauce style, yes, that was the biggest hit. And it's yeah. interesting because every time I bring a box of heartbeat hot sauce everywhere I go, I kind I do that now. I don't know. It's weird. I'm just like, <laughs> have you tried heartbeat hot sauce? That's you what happens up, when you. Open up that's your what jacket. happens when you sponsor us. It takes over my personal life. Um, and uh, I ended up, you know, slinging hot sauce, like going town to town and be like, hey, have you tried a hot sauce? Heartbeat. Heartbeat will make your heartbeat. The thunder from Thunder Bay. Yeah. And like, yeah, really, like my buddy Jay, like really, really responded. He even texted me about it the next day. So, you know, good, good for you, heartbeat hot sauce. No one does that when I bring sriracha anywhere. So, yeah, that is true. That is very, very true. Um, and uh, again, uh, check them out. Heartbeathotsauce.com. And uh, what I like, I think we spoke about this last time. I like the fact that they have a meter on the back. So if you want something that is going to, um, you know, not necessarily uh, destroy your taste buds, it'll tell you. And um, the Dustin yeah. Poirier one, the Louisiana style, is a medium hot sauce, which um, is is very, very good. So uh, our thanks to Heartbeat for uh, being on this journey with us and check them out. They've got incredible, incredible hot sauce and it's a Canadian company. I should learn how to do that because uh, one of his hot sauces surprised me one day. <laughs> Which I one is that it? The, I, I mentioned that on the live. Is yeah. that the Scorpion one or this one? Yeah, that's the KO. That's the knockout edition. And I mean, that should say it right there. It's a knockout edition, which means it's going to knock you on your butt. But unlike other hot sauces, Ryan, it doesn't mm. come back the next day to, uh, to wreak its havoc. A lot of them no. do, and it doesn't. It does not burn to pee. It's no, true. It, yeah. it it does. It does not. Um, yeah. it does it does not come back and haunt you a second time? And that is a a <laughs> trick I guess they've got down. But anyways, thanks to Heartbeat Hot Sauce. Check them out. Uh, they're a great company out of Canada. That we love having on board. Um, so Ryan, this week we have a very very special guest, and I know not only is he someone that uh, I have known for a long time that I've respected for a long time. I actually really like this guy a lot. He's a great great human. But he's someone also that um, that has personally touched your life, Rain Maida. Yes. Tell me, tell Very me a bit about that before we, get, we dive into this. Well, uh, you know, uh, everyone. I hate to I hate to start this night on a downer, but uh, you know, history is history, and uh, you know, there's a positive in it. But um, when I was about 19, it was Christmas Eve, and I discovered there were some weird, like, I don't know, lumps in my neck, and it was kind of weird because I thought I had mono. And uh, you know, I was like uh, saying, oh, crap, maybe I sh the next day my family is going to see family. I'm like, I shouldn't go with you guys. I have mono. Yeah. Lo and behold, I wish I had mono because uh, the next day, um, you know, we go to the CLSC or the drop in and they kind of like feel the lumps and they're like, oh, you should 
yeah, you should go get this looked at. And then proceeded to like have those, um, like the most cinematic experience I could ever think in my life when it comes to, you know, like when you watch a movie and a song drops in and you're like, wow, I wonder how they thought of dropping that song. Yeah. This is like the only time in my life where music appeared because nothing else could be processed. And I remember like, you know, you go into the room, you get the, you get the test and the doctor comes in, my mom, my dad are there. And uh, they're like, yeah, you have uh, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. And I had no idea what that meant, but I had seen a Charlie Brown cartoon about a year prior called Why Charlie Brown? Why? Where a friend of his says, I have lymphoma. And I remember like putting it together. And then the doctor comes and he says the words, you have cancer. And just as soon as that happens, almost like a like a dropout yeah. where it's speed time. And the only time I could ever tell you how it looks is when Quicksilver starts to run really fast in the X-Men movies where everything stops and everything's going in super slow motion. And the only song I can hear is 4 a.m. by uh, Our Lady Peace because and it's weird because I didn't even get the lyric correct. But I th always thought he said, if I don't make it, know that I've loved you all along. And with those lyrics, it's like I'm a songwriter myself, but at the same time, I associated the song with this is what I want people to hear if I don't make it because I need them to know I love them all along. My mom, my dad, my friends, I just I wasn't concerned of my time's ending. I'm concerned that I'm leaving them. Years later, I would I would find out he actually says if I don't make it. Known, known yeah. that I've loved you all along. But I think that's the beautiful thing about music and about uh, lyrics and music and people from all different languages around the world who don't really grasp every single syllable or word, but the word, the music means something to them. And I remember telling Rain that, and I kind of, you know, I'm in, I'm not in this interview years ago at, at Shom FM, and he's a very serious, beautiful soul. And I'm a goofball, so I'm kind of telling it like, yeah, 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 this isn't, turns out I have cancer. And, uh, you know, I thought about your song and crap, there was an N in one of the words, silly me. And just kind of turning back to him, this look of seriousness on his face. And I'm just like, oh, right, I am broken. And uh, not everybody has this dark sense of humor. Yeah. But uh, it was really important uh, to, even back then to meet Rain and, and then today to have him on the show. I, I don't think I've I, I don't think I have a song as that's as important to me in my life. So even seeing him today and I'm just like processing, I'm like, man, that's the guy that sang that song. Yeah. And yeah. it's, uh you know, all these years later, it's been 18 years since then. So it's like it's pretty crazy. It's a crazy you know? story. And, and that's yeah. to me, that is what this whole podcast is about. It's about having cool experiences and great conversations and the fact that we can have someone like him on and the fact that there's a story that goes along with him being on that means something to you it that you know our job's done so um yeah. i'm glad and i'm really i'm really um knowing him you know i've known him for a while um he's a very kind man um he always has takes the time for people he never forgets his friends and um he and didn't I, forget me i was so surprised yeah he even said oh nice to see you again ryan i'm like <laughs> yeah yeah no he's 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 a real deal man he's a good dude yeah. and and i can tell you 
being a, a guy who he, he's, you know, he's a songwriter and, and whatever, you know, effort he put into those lyrics to know that it was interpreted and it, and it, and it you know, it, it touched you that way. He, he, he's probably really happy about that. And I'm sure when he listens back to this, he's going to, he's going to, um, he's going to feel that. So, but that's the thing about rain. And that's the thing about our lady peace is that the music's always come from an emotional place. It's always been, um, wrapped up in, in, um, you know, in meaning. And I, and, and, and it's nice to catch up with him today and see that he has not rested on his laurels. He's not gotten lazy. The guy's always creating. He's always looking, he's always searching. He's a real journeyman when it comes to that. You know, he's always on the road looking for new things. And, um, whether it be, you know, whether it be having his finger on the cutting edge of technology, whether it be pushing his songwriting skills, I, I love it. I love it. We even touch on him being a parent and stuff in this. So, um, this is a real treat to have this guy on because he means a lot to you obviously. And he means a lot to me, part of my formative years. I mean, man, this record, you know, and if you can't see it, if you're not watching this, you know, Naveed, this record was so important to my band and to our, our growth. Uh, You know, we went out on the road with Our Lady Peace in 1993 or 94. Uh, Hang on. Let me check real quick. 1994, (laughs) when this album came out, we ran out on the road with them and did a bunch of dates in Quebec. And, um, this is a brilliant record. I love this record. And of course, Clumsy, you know, was the record that just opened the world up to them. So um, I love I love Our Lady Peace. I love Rain. He's a great, great guy. And I'm really glad he took the time to chat with us today. So without any further ado, here is our conversation with Rain Maida of Our Lady Peace. Really, really happy to have um, with us today on the Rockman Power Hour uh, a gentleman that I've known for a long, long time, and um, he's uh, he's one of these guys that's always doing something, and huh. uh, <laughs> just just announced uh, a cross Canada tour, which is which is great for you guys because this is an extensive Canadian tour. You're not just dipping in and doing a couple of dates. Um, this is this is a, a pretty mammoth one. Rain Maida is our guest. How are you, sir? I'm great. How are you guys? Good. Yeah, like good. A, yeah, man, all is good. Um, we are uh, we are excited because we're going to get a Montreal date for you. Um, I think that it's it's been a while since you've been here. Been a while, and I have to say, this was a really it's been a it's been the most challenging tour to put together, to be honest, because we're it's more like a live concert theatrical kind of thing. Well, that's what I want to ask you about because I'm looking at it, and when it's you know as soon as I got the, po- the poster, um, and my buddy um, did the poster art pat hamu who's an incredible artist yeah brilliant so i'm looking at it and i'm looking right away you know the first thing i see is is the visual part so i I look at it and i'm like that's the blade runner owl there's something going on like i feel Uh, like this vibe you know and then i see you're you're calling it the wonderful future theatrical hologram experience yeah Um, and there's a company called arht so tell me all about this tour because it sounds like it's a lot more than you guys just going up and jamming it really is. It, you know, it is, um, it was time to, to do something. Um, I don't know, just push the boundaries a bit. And so with spiritual machines too, Ray Kurzweil is such a big part of it. Again, he, he speaks on the record, gives like the next 20 years of predictions. And we felt like the, these ones are, um, not that the, the, the first ones on spiritual machines, one were, were, were lesser, but he's talking big concepts, you know, yeah. on this album in terms of like, global UBI. Um, he's talking about obviously singularity when you can't tell the difference between man and machine, woman and machine. Um, he's talking about things like, you know, how the exponential like power of computing will literally solve climate change 
you know, you can take your bags. I drive a leaf half the time in LA. Like that's not going to do anything. He's, he's he, technology will save us, you know, we'll, we'll save the planet kind of thing from poverty, food sources. It, it really is like big stuff. So it felt like the little clips on the album, one thing, but Hey, wouldn't it be amazing to have Ray at these shows talking, starting dialogue on all these things? Cause I'm sure people have questions when you talk about UBI, it's like, what's UBI? Mm-hmm. Oh, universal basic income. Everyone's going to get a check just so we live at some baseline. That's, you know, human, right. um, big, big deals. Um, so obviously, you know, we can't bring Ray on the road with us, but we thought about it and like, how do we do that? Well, through holograms. So I was in Boston a few weeks ago, spent the whole day with Ray, just filming a bunch of, bunch of stuff all around this. He has a new book coming on the fall as well. So just fascinating. And then people on, on the first record, there was a hidden track where Ray speaks to an AI called Molly that he invented. So everyone's kind of lived with this, this AI called Molly, but never really seen her or heard anything else from her. So now she's live at the okay. show as well. And some special guests, because it's interesting, obviously, what we can do with Hologram. So I think it's really going to surprise people. I think it, I want it to feel like, I don't know if this is way too heady or I'm an idiot and this is going to fail fantastically, but I kind of wanted it to feel like, yeah, you saw a great rock show, but almost like those movies you walk out of, even like the Batman, yeah. do you sit in your car with your buddies and talk about it for a minute? Like, do you go analyze things afterwards? And I hope people walk away from this show because of the dialogue and some of the stuff that's interspersed with the, with the music, with the holograms that people walk away and they're like talking and, and, and having dialogue about it. It's like, if you would go see Roger Waters, um, you know, right. he's, he's somebody right. that would, he's, he brings his show to another level and there's bands that do that. Um, but you know, it, what I love, what I love about you uh, as an artist is you're always looking, you're always searching. You know, you're always on a journey. It seems like you're always on a journey. You're always looking yeah. and, and looking, you know, whether it be trying to be at the forefront of NFTs, um, you know, whether it be looking at where music's going, um, it, it just, you're, you're always there and you're not afraid. Um, so when, when I saw all this stuff that, that seemed to be part of this show that was going to be a little bit different, I got excited. Yeah. I mean, look, I've always loved, I, I've, I've always had tech as like a side hustle for the last 50, really since Napster started. It's like, Hey, am I going to get on this? this train of of technology and what the power is or am i just going to bitch and moan about it um (laughs) so literally starting companies and building apps and all this stuff and right now is like this amazing for the first time really like this incredible intersection between tech and music where it's really like there's a paradigm shift happening obviously with nfts blockchain more so web3 more so than saying nfts but um you know, this is this is the way we distributed our album first and foremost. We, right. You know, back in December, 500 lucky people got this album as an NFT and another utilities with it. But they got it like five weeks before it hit the DSP. So that's a pretty cool thing. Maybe next time it's 5000. Maybe after that, we don't go to DSPs anymore. And we, we just, you know, go direct to fan. That's what Web3 is about. You know, it's right. about removing those gatekeepers and middlemen and being able to talk and own your data. And I'm a, I'm a big believer. I've been a big believer of that since I got into music and it's finally coming to fruition. I remember when um, the World Wide Web kicked off and there were very few people that championed it, but one of them was, uh, was Chuck D from Public Enemy. I remember he was mm-hmm. just like, this is brilliant. We are going to be able to get information out to people without a gatekeeper. So, yeah. um, and it's funny how it, it's taken a lot of people to, you know, it's taken a lot of bands to realize, you know, you can be at the forefront of your, um, of your 
your destiny and you can control where you're going to be going if you, right. if you just put the work in, you know, because they, they, there's a lot of opportunity for artists and we're seeing it now. I mean, I look at radio and being a guy who's in radio, um, you know, radio is still an important piece of the puzzle, but there are so many bands that have careers that have nothing to do with traditional media at all. I mean, they don't, they're not even heard, you know, spoken of on traditional media or in any traditional avenues. It's just, it's through these creative ways. So it, it, it's good to see that a band like you, who, you know, you, you guys who came up in that time are able to do that shift. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, like I said, I, I've always been fascinated about it and it's really, it's really web 3.0 that allows a lot of the stuff that I've been really bitching about and, and feel like there's friction on to, to, to kind of change. And, and really, I think it's going to elevate and amplify um, the creative community. Like I, I would say, even just as a creator tech aside, I've never, I, I'm able to think digitally now. So for yeah. the last 10 or 10 years or so, LEP's puts out a record, the artwork, I kind of lost interest in, I know it's just going to be a thumbnail on someone's phone, yeah. you know, on their iTunes or Spotify account. So I was like, really, do we really like a, if you do something really, you know, inventive and, and detailed, no one's going to see it. Like it's too small. So yeah. I kind of gave up on that MTV, much music, stop playing videos. So do we really care about videos? There's YouTube, but no one's spending money anymore. It's like, just whatever, put a lyric video out. It's the, like, so the art was kind of extracted. Like the, obviously it's music first and foremost, but those other, other parts were always really important. And yeah. so when they kind of got, you know, pushed aside, it, it's, it was kind of a bummer, but it was just like, this is where technology has gone. Now, again, we're at that inflection point with web three. It's like, this stuff matters again. Now we, even with our, our album, the way we delivered as an NFT, people got like generative art. They got, you know, unique assets that are additions, numbers, scarcity, rarity, all those great traits. And it's tied to the blockchain. So if it gets resold at some point, we make a royalty on it. That's pretty cool. That's never existed before. Uh, we had another guest on the show, Ron English, and he's he's someone that's really, really got in on the NFT world, for, you know, from from the bottom of, you know, at the ground. And he's really, really into it. Um, and it's funny because he is a traditional artist. He's a guy that started off as, you know, being a street artist. Like he went and defaced billboards. So to see Ron embracing that and, you know, you'd look at him and think, ah, you know, he's an older guy. He's, he's, he's not, he's going to poo poo on it, but no, he's like, no, this is exciting. So I like it when people keep passion for things and they're not afraid to change because the thing is things are changing. And if you try to fight it, um, you're going to, you know, you're just going to be left behind. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the traditional ways, like the constructs that we're, we're in as artists, they kind of work and, and, and it's fine. But yeah, if you want to take control, like when you think about Web3, like what, what's powerful about it for people that don't understand is you finally get the ability to own your data. Like that's that's yeah. really what it's about. Well, if, yeah. You know, Web One was about was about read. You can you can you can send things. You can read documents. Web Two was about being able to alter those documents and all the way up to like playing games with people in China or all the way around the world. But Web Three is about owning that data. And for an artist and a creator, that's what's like absolutely essential. We've just never had that opportunity. Um, you've got uh, you know part two to spiritual machines, uh, obviously concept records. But when you go back, you know I've known you for a long, long time. Um, I, you know I, I'm going to date myself a little bit because as much as we're talking about that digital stuff, I love these things still. Yeah. Um, when you, when you look back on that, um, considering that, you know, you started in the, in the early nineties, um, 
there are a lot of people that are still married to that. How do you count? How do you deal with that when you're trying to push things forward, but you're having people that, you know, that are at the front of the stage that want you to seem clumsy. I'm cool with it. I mean, I, even on this tour, like it's going to be obviously heavily based on spiritual machines one and two, but no, no question. We're going to play some, some hits that, that people want to hear and that I still love to play. I, I've never, look, there are certain songs on records that I will actually never play because right. they just got forced and didn't work out the way we wanted to. And I just don't believe in them. And and so therefore I, I'm not going to sing them and try to sell it. I don't do that as an artist. So, um, but the songs that, you know, like the clumsies and star seeds and four AMs, like I, those are so dear to me. I, I've actually never got sick of singing them. I've never, ever once felt like, you know what? Oh my God, I got to do this again. Um, so I don't know if that's just lucky. I don't know. I haven't really, I don't know if I had that conversation with too many artists, you know, asking that question, but yeah, I'm, I'm good. Yeah. Cause a lot of artists, um, you know, it's funny. We had Ivan on here from men without hats. And, and I mean, if anybody has had to sing a song every right. show and, and I said, do you ever get sick of, of, of doing safety dance? Mm-hmm. I mean, have you ever, was there ever a period in your life where you just didn't want to do it? And he goes, Oh no. He goes, I'm pretty sure I have done that song at every show. <laughs> yeah. I, I, it's almost, it's funny. You know, um, we had uh, on the, on the, I think the second summer saw we did, Smashing Pumpkins were like co-headlining with us. And I don't know what it was with Billy on that tour, but he played one song people knew. Mm-hmm. It was it was with Butterfly Wings and they played it so fast. It was almost unrecognizable. Yeah. And part of me was like, wow, that's a, that's an art. That, that, like, that's a real artistic statement. You know, and that takes real balls to go do that. And it does. And I respected the fact that he's because I remember talking to him and his one of his, his buddies that I was friends with backstage when I was like, you know, you know, I mean is that really a great idea? You know, I, was, I, was like, I was trying to be respectful, but, um, but he like, he was adamant. He was like, yeah, that's what we're doing for the whole summer. So I was like all the way out to Halifax. This is what it's going to be like every night. It's like, yep. Um, so I do respect that. But at the same time, I, man, after COVID, after just everything, I, I, I'm so grateful for the fan base that we've developed. I would never deny them that, you know? So, yeah. um, and like I said, I, I, I'm not actually sick of the song, so it's kind of easy. Um, I, I J- Jason's vinyls like really triggered um, in the best way possible, uh, a memory, uh, just seeing the cover. Um, man, I, I always want to ask you this because every band has that guy that when they're beginning, they have that friend that's willing to just spend all their time helping you. And uh, I, I had that one of those friends and his, his name was uh, his name is Jared. And uh, he was a metalhead. And I was a punk rocker. But the thing we had in common was Our Lady Peace music. Oh, wow. And he loved you guys. He still does. And um, who was your Jared? Who He recorded us for free. He learned how to do like home recording and spend all his time driving us around to shows. And I'm sure that Our Lady Peace has that guy do or you know those people yeah i mean i don't know i don't know if we had someone like that we definitely um we had friends like the guys at coalition they were just a startup uh who ended up being our managers and still are today you know the brother of of the manager was a producer kind of let us in the studio late at nights for cheap because we couldn't afford to like you know pay the the day rates um (laughs) But I, yeah, I, I think there were, you know, especially when we were starting, there was there was an excitement around music. Um, 
that was just kind of infectious and people were people who helped each other you know like they were you, you you could always find someone who would give you you know a few hours at a studio for nothing almost basically right and and so that that was cool back then um yeah i'm not sure if we had like that one person but definitely had you know enough of a community that if i if i think could we have done it without them no i uh you were one of those people does to slaves on dope i mean when we yeah you're mentioning that yeah yeah like so if you didn't know ryan like our first tour that we did uh, our first proper tour was with our lady peace when and i think it was the first time you guys were playing quebec um and the whole business model was you can fill up you know eight to a thousand people but you're going to play 300 seaters and we played these armpits in quebec like these tiny <laughs> tertiary markets and it was great because everybody was hyped and people there were people that couldn't get into the shows and I remember that stayed with me, that whole approach. I was like, man, that is brilliant. Because if you can play to 300 people, play 150 seater and leave the people that can't get in wanting to be there the next time. And I, and I remember that that was the one thing that, and the fact that you guys were so nice that, that just, you know, really, really stuck with me. Yeah. I look I, you know, it's funny when you say that now, I, I guess I'm other earth kind of, they were like the big brothers to us because they took us across Canada for the yeah. first time. And I think everyone needs mentors. And, and if the people end up being nice, it just makes it a better experience for sure. Well, hell yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, uh, the tour is, uh, is kicking off on June 6th. You're going to be here in Montreal on June 28th. Do you get any nerves starting this off? I mean, it sounds like there's a lot of moving parts to this thing. That's a great question. Cause usually none, like it's just right. fun. We're, yeah. we, don't, we hardly need to rehearse this is a different thing. Even, uh, even, even in terms of like trying to find the right venues because of the holograms, we couldn't go into arenas. We had to be really careful, about. we had to wanted to find like, like I said, this is kind of a theatrical thing. So we wanted to do like seats, like plush seats. People feel like they're at a, a different kind of experience, but then we had to be careful of the type of theater because the holograms, we didn't want any kind of like distracted view or there, you just can't always see them from, from every angle. So right. It's been it's been a nightmare doing that. We finally got that down for this first leg. The second leg will be like east coast of Canada and U.S. in the fall. Um, so we're still working on venues for for that leg of it. But the 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 run of it is going to be really unique because it's like I said like we're there's parts where there's dialogue for like ten minutes or twelve minutes, and it's an interaction even between me and Ray or Ray and Molly or you know there's going to be like some really exciting special guests that are going to blow people's minds um literally so it's just trying to like um we've never had to i guess um what's the word J just the way you format this thing is it it'll have some moments for for a little bit of spontaneity but it's going to be this production that has to run in a certain way every night because of the holograms and and syncing those with with other things so I'm nervous about the tech side of, of it always working, you know, and I've seen some bad things happen. <laughs> I remember sitting, I remember sitting backstage at U2 in Detroit on the um, Zuropa tour and uh, they got off time on one of their tracks for streets have no name. Oh. And it was like a disaster. Yeah. And to see a band of that, you know, that nature and, and as massive as they were, man, it was not good. Like they were yelling at each other on stage poor Adam Clayton was like so far off of the drums. It was just a train wreck. And so um, I think of things like that and, and, uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully we don't have that. So we're going to, we're going to take a couple of weeks to rehearse, which is the first time we've ever done, done that. 
Yeah, that's the thing, right? When you marry all these things together, um, it can be it can be a complicated thing. And you see that more and more with bands that are playing arenas or bigger venues or that are doing ambitious stuff like including holograms and 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 tracks. Some stuff can go horribly wrong. Horribly wrong. And you're <laughs> sitting there, you know, kind of naked, which sucks. But look, that's the risk you take. Like these, this isn't a regular hologram either. I can't I can't even say what it is, but it's state of the art. Okay. Um, and our partners at art are amazing. And, um, but it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's pretty unique. And I think, I think people's are going to walk away going, Oh my effing God, what was that? Um, the project that you have with, uh, with your wife, Chantal, uh, is that something that you foresee continuing? Cause I know that, um, I mean, that was a, what I love about that project. It seems to be completely different from this. This is just, I mean, it's as organic as it, as it can get. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love it. And a hundred percent we are, she's just doing a few shows, finishing up a small tour right now. And then probably over the course of the next few months, we're going to just record another album. We got a bunch of songs, a bunch of ideas. Um, we kind of been waiting. I've been making an album with my, with my oldest son, which has taken a lot of time. So Chantel's kind of, she's like, Hey, it'd be great if we can make some music. Um, <laughs> I'm like, I'm working with your kid. Like, give me a break. But yeah, that's coming soon. Yeah. So, uh, Ryan, if you didn't know, um, Rain's got a really, really talented kid that can sing. And, uh, and I never knew this, but it, of course the beauty of social media, I didn't know he had a kid. So this is great. <laughs> uh, <there> you go. <laughs> well, you, you, um, you had, uh, uh, you know, the, the anniversary of clumsy, um, and, uh, Chantal and your son sat at the piano. Oh, that's right. Him. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I remember immediately I texted you and I said, I'm not crying. Are you crying? Like it was just <laughs> beautiful. It was so nice to see. Um, and now that I have you here, I want to ask you, because we're kind of face to face. How did you feel when you saw that? Because as being a dad, I mean, I've got a 17 year old, a 14 year old. And just the other day, my son posted something. He's going to hate me for saying this, but he posted something on Instagram where he was just playing guitar and singing. And it was the first time I've heard him sing. Wow. Really? And I just, I was like, A, you're so much fucking better than me. You're B, you're way better looking than I am. And you have hair and you have hair. And, and I was just like, there was this pride, but at the same time, I have to, I can't say that. And I have to pull it back a bit because I don't want to embarrass them. Was there any, were all those things going through your head? Yeah. I, you know, it, the fact that they were doing that song was just, that was a, probably the most, the heaviest thing I I'm over my son. I, he's super, he's ta more talented than both of us. His record, <laughs> that, the album that we're making is like blowing my mind. It's so good. And he wrote all the songs. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, when you're, when your kids can kind of, I guess it's a bit of a tribute, but there's, yeah, there's, there's nothing like it, right? There's nothing that can touch you emotionally, yeah, spiritually, when you see something like that, it was, yeah, I just, I got goosebumps, you know, you're just talking about it. Yeah, no, I, and I got him and I'm not even, you know, he's not even my kid. I got him <laughs> through you. So I was just like, it was, it was just a really nice moment. It was, and especially, you know, this last couple of years have just been so shit. Um, and yeah. to, see, to see that it was just, I think there's, there's this kindness that I've always believed in it, but there's this kindness that seems to be starting to spread through people. Um, and, and it was just a nice moment to share. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny when you talk about that because music, like it's, it feels like we're coming out of that hibernation and music has like relevance again. I, mm -hmm. I didn't, I didn't listen to any new music during COVID. I watched, I binged everything on Hulu and Netflix and Amazon Prime. Like <laughs> yeah. shows were fine, but for some reason, I had a lot of friends that released music over COVID, but I just, I don't know what it was, maybe because I knew I wouldn't be able to go see them right away. Yeah. But music, I went back 
Like I went back to comfort stuff, like yep. the artists that I grew up with. And that was amazing during COVID. And it, and it, it provided some sort of like safety and, 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 and it, you know, it was serene. Um, but now it's like, I'm back in, I'm, I can't wait. And anytime there's new music coming out, I, I, I find myself diving into it right away. Um, I'm actually really glad you brought that up because the song 4AM is particularly a very uh, important song to me and uh, times in my life when, uh, you know, prior to COVID, uh, you know, when the, when the world went a little dark at one point, I found comfort in that song 4AM. But I was wondering, what's your 4AM? What's that song that you go to that, you know, kind of almost uh, cinematically appears in your mind when you need a, a step up? Yeah, there's a lot of them. I mean, radio has a song. Radio has a song called There There. That is just a slow burner that just creeps and creeps and and it's this beautiful rhythm and these gorgeous melodies like they do. That's a song that I often like just go to. And then albums like, you know, put on a Nick Cave album or put on a Buckley album, you know, I I just, this really the stuff, even, you know, what's funny, the Faith No More records, like stuff that you maybe haven't gone back to for a while in those moments that you're talking about, Ryan, where it's like you need something, man, I, there is nothing better than mm. going back to music that you yeah. have these ties and emotions and memories with, right? It's just like, it's transporting and, and all of a sudden you're good. Um, lastly, before we, we let you go, uh, we, you were nice enough to be part of a project that I put together over the last uh, year and a bit, um, the Kings of Quarantine. Um, right, that was fun. And man, that was so much fun because I knew that you loved Faith No More as much as me. And, and then to have the guys from Faith No More message me after all individually, except for Mike, but I, I saw it in a group chat. Yeah, you got to expect that. <laughs> yeah, but they were, <laughs> yeah. All, they were all like, wow. So, um, you know, that to me is comfort, you know, and, and that project was comfort and it brought a lot of comfort to a lot of people. Um, did you enjoy that? Oh my God. It was brilliant. I, I think, I mean, quarantine or no, I think you should keep doing it. I think it's, it, it does what you just said. Like it, it brings these disparate musicians together yeah. for something that they all love. And it's, it's really invigorating, you know, as an artist, it's just doesn't take a lot of time. doesn't take a lot of bandwidth. Like there's something yeah. really cool. And again, it goes back to technology, right? The way you're able to do this, but the final product is like, you can't take your eyes off it, which well, is pretty it. cool. And, you know, and then there was the, there was the audio aspect and then the video aspect, which was all Ryan. I mean, Ryan did all of that. Um, it was just such a nice project because everybody that got involved, I, I said the same thing to them. I go, there's no money involved in this. We're going to help some people with this, but I guarantee you there's no, there's no negative side to this. There's not one yeah. negative side to this project and everybody agreed. And, and it was nice to, to just see all these bands talk about each other. You know, like have people message me going, you know, American bands going, man, I love Our Lady Peace. That's so rad that they were part of it. And and then people say, I never thought I would see Ivan from Men Without Hats on a song with Kevin from Brutal Truth. Just the whole <laughs> just that whole thing was was really a nice marrying of of everything that we have at our disposal now um, when it comes to technology, um, ways to communicate. But at the same time, just going back to basic feelings of, you know, happiness and and um, and togetherness. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I mean, music saves for real every day. I couldn't agree more. Uh, dude, thank you so much for taking the time. Good luck on the tour. Um, you're a champ and you're a star and, uh, and, and I appreciate our friendship and I appreciate you coming on today. Yeah, a pleasure, Jason. Great to see you again, Ryan. How'd nice you like the Batman? You, man. Uh, that's the other question I want to ask, but we ran out of time. <laughs> no, go for it. Go for it. I'm like, how did, 
Rain, no one cares what I think. How did you like the Batman? <laughs> uh, I, I, look, I'm I'm a Bale fan. I thought I thought so far he's the best. I, this was really good. Yeah, but I mm. did make my kids watch Seven when we mm. got home. Yeah, because I thought they pulled a lot from Seven and okay. maybe a little too much. Okay, my only comment. Otherwise, it was otherwise it was beautiful. When I talked to Matt Reeves, um, I had it like uh, my tongue was biting because I didn't want to bring up Fincher and I didn't want to bring up Seven. But I mean, it's so obvious. There was so much. Like, yeah, tip, that's OK. Tip. We borrow. I guess we borrow. You know, it's Bowie said it, you know, yeah. the, the best artists are the greatest thieves. But yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, there was there was a bit of thievery going on there. That's for sure. Exactly. I was want to see a Batman that would get his hands dirty, quite literally. And also, usually in a Batman movie. I know as a younger audience member, I was just waiting for him to get in the bat suit. And even Batman Returns, it takes like 40 minutes. And in here, I'd be, it's, I'd be tough to say that there is even half an hour of Bruce Wayne in this movie. So, yeah, that's an interesting a little twist that I really appreciated. Hence the Batman. <laughs> well, I, you know what? The franchise is definitely live again, which is good. Hell mm. fucking yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Thanks, man. Thanks, fellas. All right, Take care. Talk to you soon. Hey. See ya. Bye. Take care. And, you know, I'm always glad we do these in and outs because there was so much fanboying deep inside me. And we <laughs> deal with professionals all the time. Yeah. We are we work with Comic Cons. Growing up in Canada, I was under the impression that there was only two bands. There was the Bare Naked Ladies and Alanis Morissette. Like, I wasn't, yeah. uh, you know, when I discovered our late piece, we're Canadian, and you just have these monster hits on, clum yeah. on, on Clumsy, like... You hear automatic flowers, which still to this day blows my mind how cool that song is like in the and the mood it invokes and all that. And it's and it's interesting with our late piece because every time I've seen them has been in an odd situation. So I, the first time I ever saw them was at uh, Jam de Neige and it's freezing and yeah. rain. Rain is covered up with the exception of his face showing. And he looks like you know like like he's covering up for like kenny from south park because it's so cold that day but it's awesome yeah and uh you know watching him for the first time at jammed an edge and all these people are just huddled together in the crowd to be like we are warmer this way let's get closer and then every time i saw them was in a movie theater when they were doing a promotion uh, at amc it was this weird one-off day and then I saw him open up for Guns N' Roses. So to hear Rain say, we have all these holograms. I'm like, that's not the weirdest thing I've ever heard about one of your concerts, man. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's going to it's going to be fun to see that show. Um, the tour mm. kicks off uh, June 6th and uh, it is called The Wonderful Future Theatrical Hologram Experience. So um, definitely check it out. And the new album is called Spiritual Machines 2. It is the uh, companion piece to that album that came out 20 years ago so um man i am really really grateful that we had uh rain made on the show with us today it was it was fun um he's he's a, a friend and uh and he's a great dude so uh and check out the new album spiritual machines too it is really really good uh and just follow follow him on on social media you'll see the guys um the guy's always pushing the boundaries and it's nice to see and he's what a smart guy. I mean, I always assumed he would be a smart, deep guy based on just his singing style, his lyrics. But when he was explaining exactly how important NFTs were and when he was explaining the hologram technology and all that stuff, I felt like Wayne and Wayne's world where I'm like, does this guy know how to party or what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> talking, to, talking to Alice Cooper. Yeah. And, and, no, but you're right. You're right. And it's, it's true because so many people are, are like just just NFTs, just the word NFT. Mm. You know, um, a lot of people, he, he, the whole, you know, the whole 
way he explained the blockchain and, and how that all comes back to you and that you own that. And then the, the artist gets a royalty if it gets sold again. Like I just thought, man, you should go out and explain this to a lot of people because you have a really good way of doing it. So, um, it was a pleasure to have him on the show and, uh, and next week on the show, Ryan, we have another guy who just happens to be Canadian, who uh, is an absolute legend. Alex Lifeson from Rush is going to be joining us next week on the show. And he's got a brand new album called Envy of None. It's a new project uh, with one of the members of Coney Hatch and this incredible singer named Maya. So we're going to uh, take a deep dive with Alex Lifeson. Uh, yes, one of the founding members of Rush uh, on the Rockman Power Hour. Blows my mind that that's happening. Um Want to take a minute to thank Heartbeat Hot Sauce again. If you've not checked them out, they're a wonderful hot sauce company out of Thunder Bay, Ontario. We love them. Uh, I am holding the Poirier Louisiana style hot sauce. Um, and this is, of course, a collaboration with Dustin Poirier from the UFC. They do all kinds of great stuff and they've got all kinds of great sauces that you can check out. Uh, a small batch fermenters out of Thunder Bay and uh, you can get all their stuff at heartbeathotsauce.com. Uh, thank you to my co-host Ryan Stick who is fumbling with his hot sauce bottles. I'm pretending <laughs> I'm Wolverine. <laughs> Your hot sauce claws. Uh, also, thanks to uh, Studio House Designs for always making us look fresh. We appreciate them. Uh, thanks to my co-host Ryan Stick. Uh, thanks to our producer Julia Kajerski, and of course, all of you for joining us on this journey. If you uh, would be so kind, like and subscribe if you are watching us on YouTube, and if you are uh, if you are listening to us on uh, streaming, please just like the podcast, subscribe to it, and uh, you will never miss an episode. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week on the Rockman Power Hour.